0: Here's the Fangirls on Jackalope Radio.
1: Hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I'm your host, Jessica Dwyer, and with me is my co-hostess with the mostest, Miss Rachel Moore. <laughs> Don't ask me why she's making strange noises. She, This is like the second or third one in five minutes. I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> Rachel, are you Beaker now? Meep, meep. Oh oh, god uh, Moving on So uh, <laughs> um, I am sorry for my voice this week I was hit with the bubonic plague Last week And it sort of took me down for a few days But I am back on the mend And it, There's
0: con crud to be had Jessica shall have it I shall indeed find it
1: And it will be mine um,
0: But uh, we've got a great show
1: for you this week We do have some d- sad news To cover of course Um that we will get to towards the end uh, Of the episode but we do have A week in Geek to get through And um, yeah this has been A heck of a week for um, For Geek news it's Yeah it's all over the place So let's get started because we've got a lot to talk About yes. uh, First up The big news in the world of Harry
0: Potter Which is my heart no, no, never. No please don't <laughs> Harry <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so
1: J.K. Rowling just destroyed a few of her fans. And, and made other fans very happy. And, and yes, and made the ones that agreed with this very ecstatic. And of course, then you have the ones like me that never saw either one of these as a viable option. Uh, she re- announced that she was very sad and um, she was uh, regretful. Of pairing Ron and Hermione together at the end of the series (spoiler alert). God help you if you didn't know this. Um,
0: if you and, know this you're twelve and probably shouldn't be listening to our show anyway.
1: Yes, that is true. Uh, and she actually would have preferred to have put Hermione and Harry together instead of having him uh, hook up with Jenny.
0: You know, in the in the movie, that makes more sense with the progress of the characters. But, you know, she said before that she initially intended Fred and Hermione to get together, which, of course...
1: It didn't make if, any sense either, really. It,
0: it did, if you. I think it makes more sense because of how clever those boys actually are. But they, she never developed it, and she said she put Ron and um, Hermione together for personal reasons, but that it didn't make sense in the story. And I always thought that it was kind of like not a great pairing. As a matter of fact, I think fan fiction just saw her as being with somebody smarter. So there's a lot of Snape Hermione fan fiction, and,
1: and that's what I would have seen. And and I already told Rachel previously when we were talking talking about this on our own time, um that you know, Snape was always gonna die, which is horrible and sad anyway. But I could almost see it making sense in a book, even if it was the kind of relationship not you know, it's kind of got a creep factor to it. But at the same time, Hermione always seemed more mature.
0: Well I think uh, that there, there there's some Draco Hermione shippers that i that wrote fan fiction that made more sense than the relationship in the book i just think that she acknowledged something whereas i love ron and i love hermione uh, there was always an awkwardness to the pairing and it seemed very forced and for her to admit yeah it's forced that's it devastated some people. I mean, I know my husband and I are like, "Oh, we're Ron and Hermione," and then it's like, "Well, this is awkward." <laughs> but um, I never
1: thought of that.
0: <laughs> at the end of the day, I think it's you know, it, it it is true. It was kind of in context of the books a little. Yeah. Awkward.
1: Well, and and even um, you know Neville Longbottom, but everybody want you know was like he goes with Luna. That's what everyone says is that he and Luna. But that's not who she marries. But, but that's according who, to Pottermore, right. And now that's probably going to be the next one. Yeah, you guys are right. He should have been Neville Longbottom and Luna. So it, it's one of she those. She marries
0: a goer, doesn't she?
1: Oh, I can't remember. It's I'm not as well versed in the Potter verse as you are. Um are you at Pottermore yet? I can't get the email to come through. Sadly. Oh, sad. Yeah, it, I've tried three or four times now to to get on there, and, and it never works. So I've given up. Um, it just
0: it, it turns out you're a muggle. <laughs> Sorry, still waiting for your invite to Hogwarts.
1: Sad. Joke. Eh, that you know, <laughs> but you guys will all be envious when my Xavier School diploma happens. That's yeah. true. That's true. Eat it eat my Xavier <laughs> school diploma for special people. Like me. Special people indeed. Oh, the special people. Oh, I'm going to be talking about that later. Oh, oh god. Uh-huh. Um but moving on to um comic the comic movie verse news that made everybody go whoa. So
0: <laughs> Do that again.
1: What? <laughs> So, this even hurts more now that I know more about what was going to happen. So, Batman, Superman, I think 90% of the fan base has given up now. Yeah, yeah. All of the excitement that occurred at that Comic-Con reading And you can read a a piece I did on some of this. This is new information I found out today. Um, But a piece I wrote on fangirlmag.com op-ed and news piece about what's going on with this. Um, But all that excitement from Comic-Con is gone. We've given up. We're we're like, you know what, we're going to go to the movie and either see a train wreck we knew was going to happen or be very pleasantly surprised. Um, So Jesse Eisenberg... I'm so excited about that. You are the only person.
0: That's not true. That's I, not
1: true. Show me ten. I can at least show you five. Because uh, they're the five only ones on the internet. Because everybody else that I have talked to has been going, what?
0: But l- let me why? tell you why.
1: Why is, indeed, where is this older, grittier Movie,
0: well, we were, we were going to get to be older and grittier. But one of the things that I've always loved about Lex Luthor was that he was intelligent and that he was formidable. And I've seen Jesse Eisenberg be intelligent. I think that I would like to see him be able to stretch his acting chops a little and play formidable. And I think he'll deliver. I mean, he's a pretty serious. But this is an iconic character. Yeah, but it's a reason. um, And I don't want to see the same thing I've seen a billion times before. I've seen the perfect. There is a precedent
1: for Lex Luthor. And he's got he is a character that requires a lot of gravitas to pull off. You've got if, Kevin if Spacey. You, you,
0: they do the traditional thing, but I think that they're trying to really break that mold.
1: Well, how they broke the mold last time was by breaking a neck. Now, I don't want that.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, that, that was weird to me
1: at the end of Superman. I can got, I you know, Man of Steel, I, I, I kind of got it, but at the same time, I kind of agree with people that that is not Superman. You know, the reason that he kind of is along the lines of Batman is they both don't kill people. And also there it was stated the reason they are going with the they even read the piece from the return, the Dark Knight returns was because they said we're going for the older grittier Batman which is why we picked Ben Affleck. Okay, ben Affleck. Yeah. So it's out there that that is what they were going to do. But instead, they get the baby Eisenberg guy who has only played pretty much the same character his entire career. The smart-ass know-all. Mm-hmm. Now, while this is the case with Lex Luthor in some ways, he is a smart-ass know-all. He's also an intimidating man who is, you know, has this weight of, of having lived around him you know he's got these eyes that will drill into you well I'm, I'm sorry but Jesse Eisenberg does not do that to me
0: I agree but I, when you have a reboot part of it is not retreading the same material and it could be I could, it could be a complete mess you could be absolutely right I just am we've been surprised enough in the last few years that I'm willing to give it a try it actually, him being cast actually makes me want to watch the Superman movie, which I haven't watched yet. Well, and here's the thing the that, Man. You, Man of Steel. Yeah, because that's the thing is I don't want to see Superman over again. I mean, I've seen his origin story 18 times, but for what you just said, now I want to see it.
1: Well, it's, it is the origin story though, but it was done, but it was a great origin story. It was really, it was fun and well done what they did. It was beautifully done. It was darker. It was more adult. Mm-hmm. I only, you know, I did not agree with him at what he did at the end. Now, the other part of this though, that I am not understanding is the rush, which is what they're doing. They're rushing mm-hmm. this film. That's true. We've are, I've already talked about this part of it. And now like the, the, the big rumor as well is that they're going to cast the rock as John Stewart, the Green Lantern. Now, if you've seen John Stewart <sighs> as the Green Lantern, I always have to say that because people are be like, the comedian. No, John Stewart, the Green Lantern, who was the one that was showcased in Justice League Unlimited and Justice League the TV the cartoon series, and is in the comics is the African American Green Lantern that um, I believe he was like a marine, but the thing is his physique is a well built guy but the thing with The Rock being cast in this is is starting to smack of Batman and Robin because what I loved about the Man of Steel and what I loved about the Christopher Nolan Batman movies was there was a sense of reality to them And The Rock, although I love watching him and he's great and he's charismatic and all this stuff, but he is at his best in movies like The Fast and the Furious and these play world action flicks where he doesn't stand out like a sore thumb because he's so freaking big and just intimidating. And and you go, hey, look, it's The Rock. You know, you know, that's who that is. I mean, it's given. Something like this, and that character specifically, and in this universe, does not work. It does not work. It's, it's, and I don't know what it is with the poor Green Lantern franchise, but if they do this, it's just another Ryan Reynolds piece. It's like, oh, it's Ryan Reynolds. You know, you need an actor that, that is believable and gritty in this. And and I'm sorry, I love The Rock, but that's not one of the things that he's really known for. He's a good actor in the fun movies, but he's playing himself. Um, Who I would love to see in this part, and a lot of other people to the point there's fan art out there demanding it, is Idris Elba. Not only because he would look very, very, very fine in tight green spandex, but... It would just make sense for someone with that, that look, that physique, and that acting chops, and that grittiness to them that would make sense in that role in this universe.
0: But do you think with him playing Heimdall, he'd do that? Why not? Ryan Reynolds
1: crossed over. <laughs>
0: yeah, but nobody cared. Like, yeah. I think people really care about Idris Selva. Yeah, they would care. They would come and watch it. And I think my, my problem with the reboot and the reason that it's been difficult for me to even care is because I feel like they have to make me care again because I really invested myself in the last reboots. Well, and that's the thing is... The and they're trying so hard. Man to, of Steel was great, but they're trying so hard to compete with Marvel, right? Right, and, and right. they're not, they shouldn't be doing the Christopher Nolan thing. Like, I'm sorry, DC is goofier, and we had our gritty reboot with Batman. If they were smart, they'd give us a more optimistic, you know, well, but the, earnest. They're they're one now. What they
1: did with Man of Steel, it was a beautiful film. It was gro- it was gorgeously acted. But it it tried it established itself within this darker universe. Mm-hmm. It's a darker feel to it, even though there was a sense of love and there's a sense of of loyalty Superman. and Superman. <laughs> there's a sense of Superman. It it went dark, and so if you're going to be in that universe and you've established this already, then you have to be darker. You have to be grittier, and so with this casting now and this rumor of the rock being John John Stewart it's like what are you doing right you're breaking your own boundaries here you're you're going in it this doesn't make sense so here's what kills me when i found this out today that the original actor and this tells me they're rushing and that's horrible you, this is going to just not be okay. We're going to have Iron Man 2 on our hands where unless they've got a script already done they're going to be, if the way this sounds, they're going to be filmed with no damn script. Um, they were going to cast and they'd already offered it and he had to turn it down due to scheduling conflicts so they couldn't wait for him to be available. Joaquin Phoenix as Lex Luthor.
0: Oh, okay. So, as much as I love Jesse Eisenberg, please, please, can I have that? Can no, I you can't,
1: because they couldn't wait.
0: But please, can I have, because that would be interesting. That, that would be, be interesting to see those two actors work off each other.
1: That would be interesting, and it would be cooler because he kind of looks like Henry Carville
0: a little bit. like a Well, t- just think about the stare that that guy can do. Yeah, and what I was against Say, I have nothing left to lose than that crazy joaquin phoenix gimlet stare and see what's funny is he is
1: not much older at all than jesse eisenberg but gravitas
0: well i think he's probably about a decade older isn't he I, I i'd have Eisenberg's to Eisenberg's like 32 i'd have to and look joaquin phoenix is at least 40 i'd have to look but I'm, t- I'm telling you, as a Joaquin Phoenix fan, was at least a decade older. But
1: I, I, like I said, I find it interesting because I, I was against him playing uh, Bruce Banner. Actually, right. he is forty. Yeah, uh, I I was against him playing Bruce
0: Banner, but
1: he would work as Lex Luthor.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely, and it would be more interesting, I think, for him as. An and actor. he would look cooler bald. <laughs> Oh, there's that. If they decide to make him bald, I kind of feel like it's no holds barred at this point. I feel it, well, like- yeah. I
1: think they don't care anymore, and, and they're going to do whatever they want. And and
0: the fa- thing is, at that point, if you think everyone's tired of it, why not just make new stories and not do Superman again? Because you know, they if- want their Justice League.
1: God damn it! That's what they want. That's that's where this is heading. And by the way, um, the gal that's playing Wonder Woman, Gail gal- Galdo. Is uh, signed for a three-picture deal already?
0: Really? Yeah. So interesting to see what happens when it. Well, flops. It, if it flops,
1: we're screwed out of a Wonder Woman film,
0: <sighs> which is something that we need. Yeah, we've been asking for yeah. for years. I so don't if, care so much about the rest of it, but give me my Wonder Woman. But
1: here you've got this film that no one is is excited about now. That is. Tying all of these great characters to this rock ha-ha, of of a movie. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> and it's going if it sinks and it'll drag them all down with it, we're not gonna have these films.
0: Yeah. So Well, we're probably not gonna have those films. Yeah.
1: So just be prepared. We could have had Joaquin Phoenix as Lex Luthor, but they were too impatient, and so they went with Jesse Eisenberg you very bitter about this, I can tell. Yeah, I am. Because it's funny, I didn't want Joaquin Phoenix playing Bruce Banner because it wasn't the right fit. This would have been the right
0: fit. Well, how dare they not ask you, Jessica? You know? <laughs> Your brain how- has, has come up with more great movie ideas that later became hits.
1: Yeah, and my casting is pretty spot on, usually. So,
0: you know, there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Can so I, Hollywood needs to hire you as a casting director. That's what you're telling me.
1: Man, if I had my dithers. Oh, yeah.
0: Your druthers. <laughs>
1: druthers. <laughs> you dithers. Your dithers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking of something else. Yeah. You think, I, I bet I know where your brain is. Well, speaking of dithers, <laughs> Hannibal um, just added a very awesome duo of actors to um, some familiar roles. To those of us who have read the books and and those of us who have seen the film Hannibal. um, Michael Pitt. Yes. Key of Boardwalk Empire. But or more
0: importantly, Hedwig
1: and the Angry Inch. Or even more importantly, Funny Games.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to bust out with American Horror Story.
1: No, no, he wasn't in American Horror I
0: Story. I thought he had a cameo in that.
1: Uh, I
0: don't okay. know. Never mind. But uh, My brain Funny
1: Games is one of these twisted films that if you haven't seen it, you really need to. He starred in the American um, version and he is just so good at playing a psychopath. Well, he is playing Mason Verger, who was played by Gary Oldman in Hannibal and is a sick, sick bastard.
0: So right up your alley. Yeah,
1: but the thing that I find really interesting is who they cast as his sister, who was not represented in the movie, Mm -mm. but was great in the books, is Catherine Isabel, who actually bartended a party I was at at Harrow Hill (laughs) Weekend. She hopped behind there and decided to go. Uh, uh, (laughs) My kind of gal. (laughs) Well, the thing is, Catherine Isabel is a very slight, um, very beautiful woman. And Margot Verger in the books... Is the biggest bull dyke you can think of? I don't know that it's PC to say bulldike. I'm sorry if it's not PC. I'm, I have a lot of, of lesbian friends. I hope that's okay. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I that's how she's described in the book. I well, don't, that's fair. If it's I don't described- know how to d- do better. Um, she's a very she's a muscle bound almost. You mis- mistake her for a dude gar- woman, and mm-hmm. she's very hefty, very strong. She cracks walnuts with her hands, that kind of oh thing. Gosh. So, Catherine Isabel is not quite what I pictured for Marco, right. but she's a great actress. If you've seen um, uh, uh, Nightmare, um, the the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie, uh, uh, Freddy versus Jason, she's in that. She is in. Um, American Mary. She's just, a, she's, well, ginger snap. She's a great
0: actress. Here's the thing if you have something like Hannibal, now here's, okay, I love Brian Fuller and I want Brian Fuller to do a, a, a um, Dresden TV show or movie because he could. But Brian Fuller has taken something that we all knew inside and out and has made a remake that is, it doesn't make the original any less awesome but it totally stands on its own and it's totally different. And he, he's already played with all the characters, including the title character to the point of making a new character and yet paying homage. Yeah. And so that's what I want from those kind of superhero movies. Um, If you could do that with Hannibal, like, come on, you know, I mean, talk about a definitive performance. You had um, Anthony Hopkins and now it's be and before him, um, Ryan Cox yeah and now you have a totally different take it's kind of like the Sherlock remake you know it's it's a totally different take that doesn't ruin anything about the original it plays with the themes of the original but it's its own story right and and the
1: thing that um, I find interesting here though is the fact that yeah these characters uh, Margot specifically doesn't fit what she looks like but at the same time The character's relationship with her brother is very effed up. That's the best way to describe it. And uh, on many levels. (laughs) So I can see Catherine Isabel and and Michael Pitt playing these to the hilt, especially before Hannibal does the thing where he has like the dogs eat his face and all this other stuff. And, and, And and in the in the book and in the movie you know that Mason was beautiful. Right. And Michael Pitt is gorgeous. So it's it's going to be an interesting thing. And since we know how Mason turns out, oh, baby, I can't wait to see what Hannibal does to him.
0: I was just, um, I was actually just downstairs watching Hannibal on Amazon Prime with my husband because he hasn't, he hadn't watched the series when it aired. And he was so enraptured. He said, you know, I love Anthony Hopkins, but that version of Hannibal seems almost crass, you know, in comparison to what's happening here. And so I I just, I want people to tune in and watch it if you have the stomach for it. We watch it during dinner because we're messed up.
1: Well, and also another film that a lot of people keep forgetting is Hannibal Rising. And Gaspard Yolili, I I know I'm just freaking destroying his his last name, but Gaspard Yolili is very... um, I can actually see him as a young Mads Mikkelsen. His performance, even though it like referenced Anthony Hopkins in a lot of ways in the style, you know, and, and they kind of well, forced those to. Yeah. But he had a more refined way of, of, of things. And I can just see him more as a young Mads Mikkelsen and, and how he looked as well. So if you haven't seen Hannibal Rising, you should give it a shot. I actually really enjoyed it. And it gives you the background of the character, and how he became what he became, and it's it's kind of tra- it's very tragic. It's very messed up. Some of the things that go on in it, but uh, not only is is uh, Gaspard really good, um, Gong Li is in it, uh, Dominic West is in it, Rice Eifend is in it, um, Kevin McKidd is in it. So it's got a lot of great actors. So you should. All think-
0: right, I'll watch it.
1: Yeah, it's very good. Um, and it is on um, Amazon Prime, I believe, for streaming right now.
0: I either have it on there or Netflix. I have it somewhere. Yeah, I have it in the queue. I just haven't watched it because I was like, mm, I'm not sure.
1: It's really good. I, I actually loved it. Um, so moving on, that I, I found that interesting, though, that uh, it, it this is one of those cases where it's against the, the the look of the character, but I can see this working. Um, Rachel has news about her one of her favorite authors and a project that may still be coming to life, even though it died slightly.
0: Are we talking about American Gods getting we a new? are. Yeah, American Gods got a new distributor. It's no longer with HBO. Boo. And I know it's kind of boo, but they weren't really doing much with it.
1: Yeah, it kept being stuck in in. Pre-production hell and yeah,
0: and uh, Neil Gaiman just uh, announced that a uh, Nancy Boys has gotten picked up. Ooh, by who? Uh, actually, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to Google this because I had just kind of remembered that off the top of my head. <laughs> um, I know that uh that American Gods was picked up by Fremantle Media, which um is is actually not an American company, but it's the American. Um, part of the company that's doing it. So and, is it going to be on BBC? Uh, no, it's going to be in America and uh, distributed. They don't know who's distributing it yet, but it's going to be produced by them. And um, they still have to decide who's distributing. And Nancy boys is me is actually farther along now than um, American gods. And it's going to be made by the UK production company red who are amazing. So, um, He's really excited about it. He, um, for people who don't keep up with all things Neil Gaiman obsessively like some kind of weirdo, he has actually taken a break from most social media and he's retreated back into his journal. And so his blog on neilgaiman.com is um, alive and active and he gives regular updates right now about all his projects. And so that's where this broke was actually at his blog. So it's a great time if you haven't read his blog for a long time to go and catch up because I know while he's been touring, he kind of went to Twitter and Facebook, and he was really active on Tumblr for a while, and he scaled all that back, and he's back on on his blog.
1: Some gaming news that I have star I have uh, Disney Infinity for the PS3, and I absolutely love it, and it's like it, it's basically Disney's "We Can Do Better" to um, Skylanders. And uh, it, it, it caters to two obsessions that most geeks have. Collecting figures and playing video games. And uh, it's really neat. And if you don't know what it is, I don't know if you belong on the line or not. But basically, it's collectible figurines of Disney characters. They're stylized but look really, really beautiful. Um, some of them are, and then the the cartoon characters look exactly like the cartoon characters. And you place them on this pad and you can create entire universes for them. They run around, they do their stuff, they have um, worlds that you can make, they have worlds set for their characters, etc, etc. And so, um, Disney owns everything now, basically. (laughs) If it's something you like, Disney probably owns it. So, according to, I believe, the Wall Street Journal announced this, guess what's coming to Disney Infinity? What? Star Wars and Marvel characters.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Does that mean I can control my own Tom Hiddleston? You can have Loki take on Captain Jack Sparrow. (laughs) And thus, fan fiction was born. Oh, yeah, baby
1: people will be living their dreams. <clears throat> it's um it's kind of ridiculous because by then at this point when this happens, yes, Darth Vader can fight Thor. Um you can have Jack Skellington take on Loki because Jack Skellington is owned by Disney.
0: That gives me funny feelings. And
1: it's really really awesome because they do this other thing too. They they just know how to make crack for people like me. Because you can buy these um random disc things that will let you add certain goodies to the game. So like right now on mine I can have any character ride the headless horseman's horse from Sleepy Hollow's the the, the Disney um cartoon. Oh, anybody Manif-
0: can, Yeah, anybody can ride him. If I weren't in school, there would go all my times.
1: Oh, you would, you would, this would be your, yeah, I don't I'm,
0: not, I, I don't I'm not allowed to, to have this before I'm out of school.
1: <laughs> I don't want to even think about Rachel playing this because I know what she did with Little Big Planet. Um, and this allows you to build universes. It, 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 that, that's one of the main parts of this is it lets you build worlds within this using bits from all these different shows and movies and stories. So it really is Rachel Crack. Oh my gosh. But yeah. it's, it's really, really amazing. It's, it's brilliantly done. So with this add-on, with people being able to make their universe out of Star Wars characters and Star Wars goodies, I can create um, Coruscant, I can do this, or I can create Asgard. Or the helicarrier, which I'm sure they'll be doing at some point. my
0: gosh, Loki riding the headless horseman's horse.
1: Yeah, there you go. Rachel just <laughs> needs, a, she needs a towel now.
0: Go give her a towel. Don't, don't be crude. <laughs> be, don't, be, don't
1: be shady be a lady. <laughs> so that's going to be happening. And
0: speaking of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, look, do we have to? I have to. Why do you still watch it? Because I am a glutton. For because people. of Colson. Let's be real. It honest. is. It's close. Oh. It's you are the ultimate fangirl. I can never I come can't close. stop looking at him. He's too cute. Um,
1: so, this was the big, you know, like, Shield's going to come back swinging episode. So much <laughs> so. It's called Tracks. So much so that Stan Lee shows up and berates Coulson telling him you can do better What?
0: for real. <laughs> that it, it's out of context. That sounds way more entertaining than it probably actually was. It, it
1: was. It's out of context, but I actually laughed out loud while I was half listening, half watching it because I turn and I'm like, wait, did that just happen? Oh my God, it did. And I'm like, no, that's not what they were talking about. But at the same time, that was hilarious. And self-referential, because you know they know. Because Clark Gregg actually made the faux pas of saying something to the effect of the people that have stopped watching S.H.I.E.L.D. were losers. Oh, no. Yeah, he regretted that immediately and followed up with, well, I wouldn't call them losers. But it's like, sorry, dude. There's a reason people have lost interest in this show. Yeah, and one
0: of these, I lost interest in like what episode three or four. Yeah, or? I gave up early. I I gave
1: up and then they suckered me back in. Mm-hmm. Clark Gregg,
0: Clark Gregg mm. with a shirt off. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh no, that is ultimate Jessica Craig.
1: Yeah, he his arms are way too nice. Um. So, anyway. This episode was the one that Deathlock came up in and everything and what's so funny is at the end of the episode they do this close up on um on my on mike Peterson's i think that's his name's leg <laughs> i i i' i don't care enough to, to know for the yeah you know, uh, anyway they do the close up on his leg to the the his fake leg and to the deathlock version blah 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 and it's like that's, and that was how they ended it. Like, that's a big, oh, thing. you <laughs> announced this two or three weeks ago. This isn't like a big surprise that he's deathlock. You've already told us, you know, if you wanted to surprise us, you would have implanted on there, my little pony or something, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, oh, oh that's funny. <laughs> you know, whatever. But it's, it's something goofy. You know, it's, we know what he is. You you've already ruined it, and on top of that, the whole sky thing has come up again. And just so,
0: watch Arrow. Can we just like ignore that and watch no, Arrow? No
1: doubt. And and so it's like kind of funny that the flip of the movie verse is the TV verse, where Marvel don't know what it's doing, but DC does. Right. It, it's kind of like the it's cartoon true. releases. DC does great cartoon releases. Marvel not so much. Um. So, anyway, Sky and her perfect special snowflakeness, uh you still don't know what she is, she but she's something special. oh, special. so <laughs> you hate her so much uh, and, and, well, yeah, and so in this episode, she goes off and does something stupid, and guess what? She gets shot in the gut three times. Three times I'm like, now if this was a real Joss Whedon show, she'd be dead. That's it. Oh wow, they killed her. No one saw that coming. But because she's not the favorite character, <laughs> we'll bring him back from the dead. You know, like he, you know, he, he gets, and, and but he'll have to become brought back from the dead horribly, much like Spike. You know. We'll we'll bring him back and he'll be tortured and like effed up in the head. But special snowflake Sky gets shot in the gut three times. Everyone's like, "No, Sky!" And everyone else at home is like, "Yay!" Maybe they'll actually make her dead. No, you lo- you don't like her. Oh yeah, I
0: have to I have to be honest that like in the first episode I thought the guy with the sun was going to be in the thing, not her. And so when they, when he like didn't pan out and they kept her, I was like, what the actual.
1: Oh, well, no, it gets better. So her three, three, three slugs from like a 45 or something in the gut in very close range. She's still alive. Oh, my God. And dragging herself across the floor (laughs) and everything. And I'm like, why aren't you dead? Why did they really do my, get my, I get my wish and she's killed? No. And so when Clark Gregg comes in, Agent Colson and everybody, oh, Sky, we got to get her in that, that hermetic chamber. So hyperbatic chamber, it'll save her. What? So they put her in there. She's got no pulse, but because her body temperature is regulated down to nothing, it somehow makes her stay alive. That's not how hyperbaric chambers work. And, and no, it gets better. So, she's still like, alive. Be- she's still alive, and they've got her in there like freaking Snow White in glass. And, and everyone's <laughs> crying. And, and it's like, no one likes her Disney Marvel No one likes her. Let her die. I bet your ratings will go through the roof.
0: So in the week, they they must have known it was bad. Because this week we got Tom Hiddleston's reveal as his Thor trial. Yeah, they're trying to deflect. They totally are. Because, I mean, come on. Oh, and it gets better. One more thing before
1: I stop ranting about S.H.I.E.L.D. and why, God, why. (laughs) Is the fact that, um, okay, they have put the two most non emotional characters together as a sex unit.
0: As a okay. sex unit? Because, because how many times in your career do you get to say the phrase okay. sex? Sex unit. unit. Um, <laughs> agent May
1: and the robot agent guy that I can never remember his name because that's how interesting he is. No. Blake or Block or I don't know. I don't even know what his name is. The guy you
0: called the heavy for like the first. The heavy,
1: yeah. So these two are banging in the show. What? And it's the most uninteresting pairing of two really supposedly hot people. I mean, now now, get me wrong. May is hot.
0: Yeah, but her character's not like a sexy. Yeah,
1: yeah, and generic heavy. Dude. Number
0: number one, yeah, is
1: is <laughs> is not really sexy to me, even though he's supposed to be. I like personalities,
0: right? Hence, I think maybe they're banging because they strong women like Ming Na's character, but not like so they think it'll make his character. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs>
1: so anyway, what happens is now they're they're trying to force this. Well, me, you know, Agent May is is like. Doesn't matter to me. It's just sex. And then suddenly now the dude is, I'm jealous because Coulson's stitching her up.
0: (laughs) And sexy surgery happens. Yeah. And sexy sexy surgery. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) honestly,
1: you guys have been like robots this whole show. It's the most unpassionate sex stuff I've ever seen in anything in my entire life. And this is. This is boy, where you're going with these guys? Really? This? Seriously? Okay.
0: Go on with your bad self, I guess. You do what
1: you gotta do. <laughs> Instead of, of like having Coulson pine away in the shadows for his cellist, we get Agent May and the robot. <sighs> okay. Striking out again abc disney marvel thanks so yeah that was my shield rant i had to do it now rachel has news of a show that is beloved by her and many and i have actually got into on netflix now and i think you're it's welcome my, it's my fault because i started watching it and this is what happens it when is,
0: I and i got you to watch it so you're fault. I you feel are the fault the
1: reason that this is happening but don't
0: say that um it was announced today of as of recording that Psych's 8 season will be its last. Which 8 seasons is a great run for a show. I would much rather them end on a high note than say certain other shows that have gone on entirely too long. But at the same time like I love Psych.
1: Dude, it's a USA Network produced show.
0: I the know. fact that it has
1: lived this long is amazing. <laughs>
0: Well, it's brilliant. I mean, I think it's kind of also a hidden gem, like people in the fandom like it. But I, I think that, like I was telling you the other night, look at all the references and people don't realize they're there. People don't realize. And if you get a chance now, if you're somebody who waits till series are over to watch them, start watching Psych now. And by the time you finish the eighth season, will probably be up on Netflix. But there's a pineapple hidden in every episode. Like, it's just kind of a random thing, but people look for the pineapple, and there are so many pop culture references, and there's so many great cameos from people you don't expect to cameo on a USA show, and
1: it's clever. It's it's actually really, really, really good, and um, I, I had heard about it and by the time I'd heard, I'd gotten interested, it was so far in already that I'm like, Jesus, I'm never going to catch up. Um, but, uh, Rachel introduced me royally to the show with the twin peaks episode. Which now
0: is amazing. <laughs> it's so
1: good. Um, but also today, actually only an hour ago was announced that the Michael J Fox show was canceled
0: enough to have to tell my husband and that's going to hurt
1: yeah um it's very sad I I don't know quite why it was actually well done but I think the subject matter was still too much for people to handle
0: I think uh, and you know I don't have access I watched it on Netflix but I think it's something that maybe it's been a while since we've had like kind of a serious not snarky family show
1: well and it didn't have a laugh track
0: yeah and i think people maybe didn't know what to do with it and it's unfortunate because it was very clever
1: yeah it was really well done and a good show but it couldn't find its audience um so nbc so far has canceled that and sean saves the world i think was the other one. Oh,
0: which was a disaster yeah better than it was
1: Um, So, so far, we still haven't gotten word on Dracula. So, I'm holding out out hope that we... I know there's actually a petition. Fans are starting online. I don't know
0: why... I I can't imagine it not having its audience. But, you know, I'm kind of jaded because I'm online and every... You know, online, everybody's talking about it. I know.
1: So, uh, now, there's some... We're getting into the heavy stuff this episode. Um, We've only got uh, about... 20 minutes left in the show, but um, we're going to dedicate this to some, a a couple of heavy things that I wanted to cover. Um, We had a couple of losses this, um, this week. And the first I'll talk about really, uh, really briefly is um, Arthur Rankin Jr. Passed away at 89 (laughs) and he was, I know. Granted, it, he's he lived a long life and and was a great man and gave us a lot of things. And I felt it was something we owed him. As I know, I grew up
0: absolutely.
1: Uh, just the, it, basically, he, the man created Christmas. <laughs> for he and his his partner, Jules Bass, can just created uh, Christmas for everybody with Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Uh, just all, any of the stop motion that you saw as a child probably was done by this guy and his his partner, and these specials were done. He did uh, so much stuff, mm-hmm. just a lot. And uh, it's it's sad when when legends like that pass, and and they deserve to have a note, a notate, notated passing, you know. So just thank you, sir.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely. Can't,
1: I can't really say more than that.
0: Don't make, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where you, people need to start stepping up and being creative like that because people become afraid. They're looking for what's marketable. If you pitched any of those, you know, stop motion things now, they wouldn't make it. Right. And they, they I mean, it's not Christmas until you've seen them. Well, and the other thing is a
1: lot of people don't realize is that he did, he did movies that you may not be aware of that he actually wrote. And, uh, one of them that I wasn't aware of until I started kind of like, uh, learning about this guy. And, and like, uh, you know, when, when it was announced, I'm like, Oh man, how did he do? It had to be, you know, I know there was a ton of stuff. Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you start going through the list. Like he did the wind in the willows, the last unicorn, the return of the King, the Hobbit, mad monster party. You know, he, he was part of these, these productions and yeah. but the one that i couldn't believe because i i watched this with my mom and my sister because we had this thing for jack palance was this, <laughs> of course you did and <laughs> well, of course we did was this made for tv um kind of a, a king kong ripoff called the ivory ape that oh gosh and and uh, it's it's awesome. It was. It. It was. It, that's what it was about. Jack Palance played this hunter that was trying to track this thing down, and <laughs> it was. It was really, really cool and and good, and just all this stuff. If you go look him up, you're going to freak out. Because um, yeah. not only that, but he's the reason we had Thundercats and Silverhawks. Mm-hmm. I mean, just so much stuff. So, owe it to yourself to if you not don't know who we're talking about and you never heard of any of these things, God help you. You owe it to yourself and your kids to familiarize, if you have children, them and yourself with this man's work. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other loss that happened that everyone has heard about at this point was uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman passed away. And he was only 46 years old of an overdose. And uh, the, the one thing that may be good that comes from this is the fact that it has really opened people's eyes up to what addiction can do and the fact that once you're an addict, you're always an addict. And uh, um, Rachel uh, pointed out to me today a really good piece by um, Russell Brand about that. You want to talk about that, Rachel?
0: Well, you know, I think it's kind of been making its way around Facebook. If you haven't seen it, um, look it up, Russell um Brand talking about his own struggle with addiction and his call for compassionate, um, compassionate viewing of addicts, because the truth is not every addict is a Russell Brand or a Philip Seymour Hoffman or an Amy Winehouse or somebody, you know, who everyone mourns because they're tragic. A lot of people look at. Um, people who struggle with addiction and think of them as, you know, less than human and think, you know, they're idiots or they're whatever because they struggle with addiction. And so it really is, um, if you have not had personal um, struggles with addiction or if you have not, thank God, had somebody in your family who had struggles with addiction, it's a really great rundown about the inside of the mind of an addict from someone who who is currently sober and hopefully will remain so, and about how losing his friends has helped him with that with his process, and also how having his system in place has a process. And I think it's kind of hard because a lot of people don't see themselves as, as having support systems. And what's really tragic when you see someone like Philip Seymour Hoffman, who was brilliant at what he did and young. Um, struggle with that um, sort of publicly is that he he probably had people who would have helped him and who would have done that now there the cause of death is still out the coroner said it was inconclusive but um, they found lots of glassine bags of heroin around him so whether it was intentional or unintentional a guy had some stuff that he was dealing with. And, you know, I just think that this is a great time. Anytime somebody that we love and admire, um, passes away in a tragic way, I think it's time for the fandoms to kind of sit back and evaluate how you respond to the people in your life. And I think that's why Russell Brand's, Russell Brand, who I actually came out before, this whole thing went down. But I think that's why it's so relevant in light of this is really um, instead of just saying, Oh, it's shocking and looking for all the shocking details to really like look at the people around you, who you can affect and you can do something about because everybody has something special, you know, to offer the world. Right. And um, kind of, kind of tied into that,
1: is something that I wanted to bring up this week um, because it's still fresh in everybody's mind and happened this week. Um, That has to do with a fandom that a lot of people kind of give some crap to, but uh, I, I really feel very strongly about this. And if I ever see anybody doing this to a child or a fan period, you don't want me there. Because things will happen to you. Um, there was an 11-year-old boy. Uh, his name is Michael Morones of uh, North Carolina. And he is a brony. And bronies, if are uh, male fans of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, they get a hard way to go. There are offshoots of bronies that not a l- everybody likes they have their own little pr- predilections that they like about it much like every other fandom
0: yeah every and fandom- also i want to add that the bronies has expanded to include also adult women. women yeah and so it really is kind of just a catch-all term for non-typical my little pony fans
1: right people that are over the age of 10 you know right.
0: that like right. my little pony now i i strongly
1: urge you to go on Netflix streaming and watch the brony documentary because it will make you go, wow, I had no idea that this is what it's about. Um, They are sweet, loving, kind people for the most part. You know, you, like I said, you'll have your offshoots that are oddballs, but in this documentary, you see the reason why these people love this show. And it's, it's a call to um, the bros, the, the guy fans, That are sweet and caring and loving people and are more caring and emotional than most, you know, what is the norm these days that guys are considered to be. You know, they actually care. They have a a soft side to them. And it's very sweet and you'll love this documentary. John DeLancey is throughout the entire thing. There's a little John DeLancey cartoon pony running around and explaining to you what the fandom's about. So it's really, really sweet. And I just so happened to watch this the day before this all happened to this boy. So Michael Morones was an eleven year old um kid who had he had problems. He had like a little bit, I believe, a little bit autistic maybe. He he had a hard time fitting in. Well, his uncle, I believe it was his uncle, uh Introduced him to My Little Pony: Friendship is Magic, and he took to it like a, a crazy person. He loved it. It gave him a place to feel safe. He related to characters because he had, you know, like Pinky the um, Pinkie Pie. Is his Pinkie favorite. Pie. Pinkie Pie is his favorite because she's a little spastic, and so was he. And he was over always excited, and he felt, you know he he felt connected to this character. So. Um, He loved it. He started going to school and he um, would wear My Little Pony stuff like bracelets and and necklaces uh, with the dog tags of the My Little Ponies on them. And immediately he started being bullied, horribly bullied, called. He was told he was gay. He was made fun of, just treated like crap. Like we've all, you know, like I, I, I can relate to this. I know how it was for me. I can only imagine for this poor little boy, these days how people can be, um, when they like something that no one else thinks that they should like, and they they just are ridiculed for it. And this kid was is a you know he's a Christian. He would read his Bible at school. He he was a good kid, decent kid, you know. So eventually it's it got too much for him, and he tried to commit suicide at the age of eleven. He hung himself. and his family had no idea this was this was the level it had gotten for him. And so now he's on life support. He just had a tracheotomy today, which has worked today they actually some good news the tracheotomy worked and he's breathing and everything, but they still don't know quite where the level of his brain damage is because he was without oxygen. And so at this point now, what's so great about fandom, especially this one, because these people are out to help people. They, they really, you know, they care. That's part of the whole thing with my, the friendship is magic is it's about caring for one another. The community has reached out, has started fun support for him. So they've got a support online you can donate to. Um, the care, the actresses that do the voices, actually each one of them did a message for him that they play to him while he's in, in the ICU and his, his heart rhythm actually goes up when he hears it.
0: Well, and his brain activity,
1: his brain activity goes up. He, he, he actually, he's hearing this and it affects him and makes him better. So, um, I, I really have a problem with this. Anybody should, but in a, in, in a world where we love fandom so much, where a kid got bullied to the point that he tried to kill himself when he is of a family that would never, ever say something like that is okay to do. I mean, you know, they're a good family. Supportive and everything. An 11-year-old kid was bullied to the point that he tried to kill himself. Over My Little Pony. We are better than this. Humanity is better than this. This is not okay. If you see this, if you, if you, if you know, any of our listeners, any of the kids out there, if we have kid listeners, teenagers, whatever, if you're being bullied... This is not the way to deal with it. You're letting them win because you just took away the the. You not only took away this kid from his family. This kid just took himself away from his whole family, but he he let them win. And and it you can't let them win. It gets to if you get to that point, you know, go talk to someone, tell somebody, because that's what people are there for. Tell another fan. Go online and tell people about it. Talk to somebody. Don't do this.
0: going to put up on fangirlmag.com and on our Facebook page some um, phone numbers. If you are struggling with these things, if you need help, if you're feeling suicidal, please reach out um, to these numbers or to somebody you know. You know, don't. you're not alone. You're never alone.
1: No, that's the whole point of fandom. We're all a family. And that's why I really liked this documentary and why I'm like oh my god this kid is part of this and look how loving these people are to one another at these conventions they they it's one big family because that's what the whole show is about and if they love that then that these are good people you know and it just kills me that this is this is what happened to this this kid and it's not right and if you don't let them win, don't let them take away from you what you love. And don't let you, them take you from the people who love you. And this is where this almost happened. This is almost where it went. Thank God he's still alive. Hopefully he recovers and he's okay. You know, okay. But this is something that's going to affect his life forever. This is going something that's going to affect his whole family. And we can't let it get to this again. So please, if you are being bullied, if you have people doing this to you in school, at work, in your life, tell someone, find some help. Don't do this. Just know that you're not alone. Everybody's been through it in some way or another. So please don't let this happen. And like Rachel said, we're going to have links on our site to this, um, to some numbers for you. If you need some help, and we'll also have up there where you can donate to the fund. The family's already said that a proceed will be going to uh, a uh, a charity for um, brain damaged um, individuals, not just this kid, which this is how great this family is. So, guys, um, we're almost out of time. I, I know it's, it's a sad thing to end on, but it's very important to me and to Rachel that this is known. And uh, I want you to please follow up on that. And uh, if you are needing help, go to our site, find those numbers, and um, please get help. Uh, So, Rachel, thank you again.
0: Thank you. With that.